This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Whakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. I have been writing abstracts for a conference. Some of them have got your name on them, so that's good. I too have been writing abstracts for a conference, and one of them's got yours on it. <laughs> that's, we're doing very well. <laughs> that's the way to do it. And who are we introducing today? It is a wonderful, uh, a wonderful day today that we get to uh, speak with Ruth Carraway. Uh, Ruth is a director, facilitator, collaborative creator, uh, and a, a pretty extraordinary person, I have to say. It's a real pleasure to have you here today, Ruth. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. And I feel, am I going to be included in an abstract too? I feel <laughs> a little bit left out. Why not? <laughs> Chuck me in somewhere. <laughs> Where are you, Ruth? I'm in the town of Opportunities, girlfriends. That is Milton. And people laugh, people laugh at that name, but I tell you what, it's really up and coming. Milton is the place to be. It really is. I came halfway around the world to live here. It's certainly kinky. I'm not actually from um, New Zealand. It's certainly kinky. Kinky. Yeah, the kink in the road. Sharp. How was your first bubble life in Milton? Which one? The first last year. ever one. Yeah, last year. Last year. Well, last year I was running a course. Um, so it had 13 people on a course. So I was running a course five days a week for six to eight hours a day via Zoom for 13 people. So I was like, I oh, so that was a real struggle. The thing was, at the time, I thought, oh, brilliant. Before it happened, I thought, oh, brilliant. So normally when I'm running a course, I'll get somewhere an hour and a half early to set up and then we finish and I spend another hour and a half, two hours clearing down before I get home. And I thought, oh, sweet. I'll just turn on at nine o'clock, finish at three, half three, and that's it. I was so knackered. I was more knackered than when I'm there walking about a room. It is absolutely draining. So trying to manage 13 people who kept popping off and popping in and popping out again. Um, So that lockdown was just a bit, I was still working. This lockdown, I was still working. However, it was a little bit more relaxed. So I enjoyed it. And I don't mind a lot. That sounds awful. And because I know some people might be really struggling with it. um, So I feel horrible for saying this but I, I don't mind a lockdown I'm not very rarely at home um so 
in lockdown, I am at home. And I actually quite like being at home. I've got my husband, my two dogs, my chickens, my cat. And I just quite love it. So it's just nice to sort of sit at home for three <laughs> weeks. So what was the course you were teaching? So last year I was running a course for the Great Scott Company um, who had a contract with the Ministry of Social Development. So it was working with um, those people that were on a benefit um, that had got a bit stuck in a rut. So it was working with them over a, it's quite an intensive program. So four weeks um, to build their confidence and build their skills up and then support them back into to work or support them into work. And um, so it is quite an intense, there's lots of unpacking, there's lots of, um, it's quite an emotive, especially the first week, it's quite sort of really looking into yourself and building you up again. So there's normally quite a lot of tears and that was the one bit I did struggle with via the Zoom, because um, normally we're there and we go, oh, like, let's go out, let's have a break, let's go out for a cuppa and let's just chill out, let's go for a walk. Obviously, on Zoom, people you're watching people crying. You're like, Oh, I just want to put my arms. I'm a real hugger. I'm real, I love, I'm quite tactile. I love a hug. So, I just wanted to hug them. So, we was just doing virtual hugs the whole time. So, um, yeah. And this year, was it how was it going back into lockdown? Um, it was good because this year I've I'm contracting to um. Our local mayor, uh, Brian Cadogan, um, so for the Mayor's Task Force for Jobs. So um, this is about um, getting people again back into work as a response to COVID. Um, so um, for the first lockdown, so it's supporting people and small to medium businesses, um, encouraging them to take people, especially our younger people, our needs, our not in education employment or training so encouraging employers to take those on especially for apprenticeships um we need to train our younger people because we're losing the skills the other end so we need to train the younger people up to so that we've got a workforce um as we move forward so that's what i'm doing um at the moment and it's a pretty damn amazing i love my job love it so is it about is it a sort of a brokering type role uh, finding finding jobs for people about promoting the jobs that, that are there what, what's what's the deal it's it's about it's a source of brokerage but it's also about um finding the right fit um for the young person and for the employer and then continuing that support once they're in a job to make sure that we you know it's all right very well all very well putting someone in a job it's about keeping them there. So want to keep them there as much as possible and be able to be there as a support to iron out any issues they may have. And it's not just for the young person, it's for the employer as well. So it's a, a real, um, yeah, holistic role where we're encompassing everything and supporting everyone within those roles. And is the, the bigger goal to try and keep the, keep the kids in the district? Um, well... It is. However, that's not our our main aim. Our main aim is uh, getting someone on an upward trajectory. So if that means someone needs to go to Dunedin or needs to go up north, we'll support them in that as well. Also supporting people coming into our district into work. The aim for us, the overall aim is someone, a young person 
having a better chance at thriving in life than what they did previously, wherever that may be in the world. Or country. They can't go anywhere at the moment, really, can they? So country. And what's the what's the, the main skill that you need to do that? It sounds like it's quite a does it need a talker? Is it is that what it's about? Um someone who can build bring out the enthusiasm in there in them. Um someone that gives them can start sort of seeing um seeing their abilities and their skills and their traits and, and bringing those to the fore and getting them to see that for themselves and then just basically just cheering them for the sidelines and sort of pushing them and suggesting and going let's give this a go and um so yeah probably a talker you won't believe it yeah i am a talker guess what i'm doing next week i'm going on a silent retreat for a week <laughs> i know a whole week this has got to be shut is that some kind of punishment no it's 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 a it's, a, a, <laughs> it's personal development i'm seeing it as um i'm i am a busy 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 person i'm sort of you know all over the place and i want to learn to sit still and be in the moment for a wee while so it's a silent meditation retreat so next time you see me or speak to me i might be like hello hello everyone have a lovely aura around me or i might be going because you'll have a Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Pharrell Williams happy. Why this one? Right now, I can hear people groaning already. I know this is sort of a bit polarising. This one, however, this song—I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty positive anyway. But this song, whenever I hear it, I just, I just smile and I just want to get up and dance. And I don't care where I am. You ask my mates, I'll get up and I'll dance anywhere. And I'm just. Give it, it just makes people smile. I was doing some training in Bangladesh once um, and it was quite um, for sort of middle management. And I had everyone just before lunch getting up and dancing to Pharrell Williams happy and they're like, so it's just great. I just love it. It's just a real, um, don't care what mood you're in, this one will sort of bring you up. Love it. Bit of Pharrell happy. Whoop, whoop.
Ruth Mwira introduced you as creative and a, a director. You, you're doing that kind of work on the, on the side. Is what's that about? Yes. So I'm. Uh, so for years, I tell you, it started in. So years ago, in my other life, back in the UK, I was an actor for uh, um, a few years, and then when I was seventeen. I started using drama with offenders. So my mum was a probation officer and um, she got me involved with teaching drama. So some of the uh, clients had a, it's called a day centre order, or it was back then, where they had to, instead of um, going to prison, they'd get hours that they had to do something different. And so I used to run drama with them. So I was 17 years old then. um, And yeah, it's just using drama as a tool to, um, build confidence to um, look at offending and try and see another way. Anyway, that's grown arms and legs since then. And um, I use a, a technique, an interactive theatre technique called Forum Theatre. Um, so that was um, uh, created by um, a Brazilian dramatist called Augusto Boal. And it's a, it was it's called Theatre of the Oppressed. Um, and how we use it with um, our team is we create a piece of um, drama where we, normally it's a collaboration of the stories um, where the main character um, is oppressed in some way or um, comes across a, a number of challenges and obstacles and it goes horribly wrong for them. So, oh gosh, so we present this piece of drama to an audience. And then we give the audience some time to think about um, what the situation that they've seen and what that main character could have done differently to change the series of events. So then we repeat the performance again for a second time um, with the intention of doing exactly the same as the first time. However, it's during this second performance, audience members can shout freeze and they come up on stage and they change places with the main character only, just the main character, because they're the only one that wants to change the series of events and try and offer another solution. So you've got the actors that are left on stage, the other characters who um, then have to improvise their butts off um, to go with this new idea because they don't know what the audience is gonna throw at them. Each day is different, each performance is different. Um, and so, and then we see what direction it goes in. And so once the four, so my role within that piece is I'm the, it's called the Joker, but we call it the facilitator. It has a different um, sound within, within New Zealand. So the facilitator, so my role then is to go wherever the audience wants to go then within that second performance. Um, we can go, you know, it can, it can go meandering, we can try different ways and, continue with the the idea that they uh, came up with and go along with that or we can take it back and try a different scene so it's left up to the audience so it's very organic and it flows and um and it's a real i call it a catalyst for change you can see light bulbs going off when people are offering different solutions so um i've been mainly using it well all i've been using it since i've been in new zealand is with um so i run a drama group a Targo Corrections facility. So we've done um, we've done two forum theatre pieces for the Dunedin Fringe Festival. Um, one was uh, Troubled, which was 2019, and 2019, and one oh I've lost track. Must be this. Oh, the I've years are blurring, aren't they? 
Yes. Um, and then one was Recycle, which was the most recent Fringe Festival. So, um, and the, the first one, Troubled, won um, a couple of awards. <laughs> so proud of them. So they won the Warwick Broadhead Memorial Award for the Fringe, um, which was just fantastic. And then they won the Dunedin Theatre um, Award for Community Theatre. So super proud of them. First time most of them have done anything like that. And the beauty of it is now that with the group that we've got running outside is I've got some of those guys that were involved in my drama group in there and now continuing their journey with um, drama and the Forum Theatre on the outside. So we did a performance um, recently um, called Hashtag Messed Up, where we had a combination of those that have... Um, uh, ex-prisoners from OCF and a couple of community serving offenders um, so it was just a real it was a real good piece and again a real collaboration so we don't we don't the story comes from them they give the ideas and it's everyone throws in this idea true collaboration so we get a basic basic scene breakdown of what what they're going to do and then we improvise each scene and from that I take notes and blah, 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 and then I create the script from their impro and um, and then they go and and we did four performances um, recently in July. We had two, two sellouts, one nearly sold out and one sort of about three quarters. So super proud and half, well, half of that group, had, that was the first time they'd ever experienced anything like that in their lives and it's just wonderful. Wonderful. So proud of them. My observation, thinking about what you're doing, is that often when people are behaving in an antisocial negative way, it's not the true essence of them coming out. It's a response to a whole bunch of other things, and, and it's complex. But I see the incredible power in what you're doing because it's using those same skills of of behaving in a certain way that's not necessarily the essence of the person um, to achieve an outcome but you're making that positive instead teaching yes, positive so, choice absolutely so one of the things that um, a lot of um, people that um, offend as they have a natural risk-taking um, gene <laughs> and part of the the drama is they get a chance to get all those endorphins those same endorphins flowing that they get when they're risk taking but it's for something positive no one is going to be harmed from them being vulnerable and getting up on a stage and um acting and creating change within for the audience so one's going to get harmed from that so that's why i call it positive risk taking and you know and, and the the other thing is is that a lot of the guys have never had a chance to play like and through the the drama we do a lot of playing like a lot of games and a lot of being silly and you know they have to put their mask they have to hang their mask on the on the hook before they come in the room and we are really silly and it gives them permission to play and that's something that they might not have experienced ever uh, you know when they were growing up so it gives them a chance to use that imagination and play and be themselves and and feel safe uh, uh, feel safe to be vulnerable within their group and to an audience 
for so many people, especially people who have these complex situations that you're working with, choice is absolutely a myth for them. There is, they, their lives are more often than not a foregone conclusion. Had you met them as a child, looked at their environment, looked at the way things were shaping up for them, you could have predicted those outcomes. And one of the biggest challenges is enabling people for whom life is a foregone conclusion, the ability to learn to make choice. And that is exactly what you're doing. That is incredibly powerful. It is incredibly powerful. And it's incredibly powerful when also from the other side of the, the you, you've got the, the guys um, that have, you, you have the audience that, a, we call it a mutual empathy because the the audience can suddenly put themselves in the shoes of someone that they would never ever have understood what their life was like. So they get a chance to put themselves in their shoes and come up with a solution or an idea for a possible outcome that the guys in the might have, again they would never have come up with that idea. But seeing that from someone else, oh. And again, the light bulb moment going off and the fact that the audience can see these guys as, you know, sons, brothers, um, sisters, mothers, um, co-workers, ordinary people. And the guys on the stage can see the audience, get to know the audience and get to see them as, um, you know, mums, sons, brothers, neighbours ordinary people and when you've got that mutual empathy when you've got that empathy going you've got less chance of people wanting to, to offend against people that they feel a connection with they're less chance of selling drugs to to their children or uh, robbing their when you when you when they feel part of something when they feel included in something and brought into something so that's the aim it's about breaking down those barriers and we we do the performance um, the guys get a chance to explain um, individually. They stand up and say um, how they enjoyed the piece. And then we have a cup of tea and a biscuit with the audience afterwards so that they can all mingle and chat and, and build, the, build that connection and see that we're all individuals doing our best in this world with what we've got. We're all doing our best with what we've got. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect unique and here making things better thank you so i'm back at my beautiful reserve having a wee walk talking to my mama in the uk hearing about everything over there and of course feeling very fortunate and very blessed and very lucky and very grateful to be here in Aughty Porty Stun Eden in a somewhat more relaxed level two delta we're now able to have a hundred people gathering together and of course for me this means I will be able to start having lovely people come to visit me again at Orokanui which will be 
very exciting. And me thinking all about our school holiday program, which of course will revolve around spring. What all the beautiful native Tonga species are getting up to. Springtime, making nests, feeding their babies, courting with each other, of course. Breeding, all the important things to keep their beautiful, beautiful life force continuing to run through this universe. And as the days get warmer and the days get longer and the nights get warmer and the nights get shorter and we head towards daylight saving, it's such an exciting time to remember all the lives and the life force, the Modi that is within all living beings that surround us. And we are united by this life force. And of course, as I walk through the reserve and I look down at the introduced grass from Wales and I gaze up at the yellow flowers of the gorse from Scotland and all around these newly planted native tipu Māori or these beautiful native plants. It's such a fascinating time to be alive as all these realities intermingle and co-evolve. <clears throat> so I really hope for you that you're having the opportunity to get out and about and have a bit of an explore of the area around you. I never knew about this reserve until my clever mother found it, thanks to Google Earth. So once again, as the great tool users and tool creators, technology can be a dear, dear friend and very helpful to us to improve the quality of our lives. And I really hope for you at this time, your own universe and your own reality are coming to flow in a shape that works well for you. And if there are aspects that you need to recalibrate, reconfigure, reframe, that you're able to do this with a sense of the importance of your own well-being and your own outlook. In many ways, our minds too are our dear friends and a great tool. And our thoughts are our dear friends and a great tool. And if we can approach them in this way, that they are there to, to help us and to make things easier for us, to make things more straightforward, to make things go better. We can, in that way, retrain our brain, retrain our thoughts to flow and patterns and along tracks and themes that work for us. Particularly at this time when so much has shifted and changed around us. It's so important to be compassionate to ourselves and to each other and to know that it's natural to feel unmoored from our familiar realities and cast adrift on a sea of uncertainty. However, our thoughts can be a lighthouse drawing us back to security <laughs> and to the abundant landmass of a positive and nurturing self. We're also so lucky, of course, to have many people around us who are doing the same thing. So it has helped me immeasurably to have this show and speak with you and also to speak with all the beautiful people in my life about what is helping them at this time. So I really hope for you, you have this opportunity too and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Ruth Carraway. Ruth, that's definitely not a New Zealand accent. No. What brought, what, brought you, <laughs> what brought you here? Oh, why not? Um, no. Um, so, long story. I'll cut it down a bit because you know I can go on. Um, so, my dad's 
um, moved to Australia. Long story, I found my dad when I was 24. He left when I was three and I found him when I was 24. Um, I found him and then he moved to Australia. Hmm. Um, now that wasn't the reason why. <laughs> he was always intended to move. To, anyway, he moved to Australia. So I used to, we used to go and visit him in Australia and thought, oh, this is really nice. Southern Hemisphere, really like it. Um, so we looked at moving to Australia, but every time we went back out there, it was getting more and more um, urbanised where my dad was. And just like, oh, no, no, so might as well stay in the UK if that's what it's going to be like. And then someone said, if you like um, Australia, um, you'd love New Zealand. How Because if you like Australia, how it used to be, you'd love New Zealand. So if you thought about this, I went, no, I haven't. So anyway. We came, long story short, came over on holiday in 2011. But before that, I'd been applying for jobs, blah, 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 applying for jobs again. Uh -uh. And then I'd go, oh, can I have a bit of feedback, please? And they go, oh, look, we'd employ you tomorrow, except that you're offshore. <sighs> OK, <laughs> so we thought, right, well, let's come on holiday and um, have a look around, make sure it is the place we want to go. So before we came over, I got in touch with a few people that I'd applied to that had said, oh, no, but. And I said, oh, look, I'm coming over. Would it be worth me putting my head round the door and saying hello? They went, oh, lovely, been lovely to see you. One person even suggested, like gave us a bed for the night. Said, look, if you want to come over, I've got a spare room. <laughs> I thought, I love this country already. I just love it. So we came over, um, got offered um, jobs. So we was over in the, the Christchurch earthquake. So we was over in February 2011. Um, but we was in... Um, we was in Mosgill at that point with friends. Um, anyway, we got offered jobs, um, flew home beginning of March, and then my husband came out May, and I came out June to 11. And that's it, really. That's We've been here ever since, just popped back to the UK once to see people. Um, but we're here, and we started off in Roxburgh, and now we're in the town of opportunities, Milton. And I love it. And what I love about New Zealand is community. Um, I, know, I know people drive through Milton, they go, oh, and it's not aesthetically pleasing at the moment. I know that. However, the people are beautiful and the community are beautiful and they all pull together. And that's one thing I love about um, New Zealand is the sense of community. I feel that was something we lost in the UK a long time ago. Um, certainly as, you know, certainly the place that I was living before we came over. Um, so yeah, I just love New Zealand, and I'm a I'm a citizen now, Sam. My word, I'm a citizen, so no getting rid of me now, <laughs> ever. I'm stuck. You're stuck with me. But yeah, no, I love it. I really do. I I look at honestly, I look out of my window sometimes, and I go, I can't believe I live. I feel so privileged, especially with what's going on everywhere else around the world. I so feel so privileged to to live here. Yeah. Have you Pretty found special place? Have you found it's a bit weird talking to friends and family in the UK that even with this bit of the pandemic, we're still doing so much better than they are, and it's kind of weird that they've they've that they've been. I've talked to people who haven't been to work for eighteen months that essentially haven't left their houses for that long. It's just absolutely it's they don't. They can't hug. They can't hug anymore. Um, they've got um, my cousin who's got sort of the, the counter in his kitchen they've got because they've about five of them living in his house and they've got their masks all set out along um, they've had um, even though they're 
they've got the um, they've been vaccinated. The house and they're still getting COVID there, um, even though this the very they're not leaving the house, but the ones they up that are are getting it and bringing bringing it back. Um, it's absolutely um, yeah, it's it's so weird that because I'm saying. I mean, obviously, up until recently, I've said, but we can go out to dinner, we can go out, we can hug each other, and we can sit real close. We could even French kiss one another if we wanted to in public. Not over there. I think French kissing is banned entirely in the UK from now on. Even husbands and wives, done. No more French kissing, done. Especially since they left Europe. Yes, I know. I won't go into that. I was quite gutted, but. So in New Zealand, we have seen lots of change in society over the last almost couple of years. That's scary. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Well, I hope that the sense of community, the, the communities coming together, I hope that remains. I hope, you know, through, you know, we keep saying it during lockdown that this is... Um, I've realised the importance of spending time with family and not rushing about and making sure that, you know, that my job is not the everything that I need to take time for myself and not rush about. And then, however, two weeks down the line, you're back to status quo and running about like chicken with your head cut off, making sure you meet that deadline and that deadline. It's just like in the grand scheme of things. Does it matter? Um, so, yeah, for me... I hope the sense of community sticks. I hope that um, one thing that I would like to improve, if I can say that, is the rehabilitation um, for um, offenders. Um, it's getting there, but it still needs a lot of work. There's so many programs within prison. Um, there's so many good programs. However, there's there's a gap missing between that going from the enclosed cocoons, told what to wear, told what to eat, when to eat, da, 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 when to sleep, to the outside. There needs there is some really good places um, to manage that, but only small amount of numbers. There's there's Moana House, um, there's Phoenix House. There is a few places, but there's not enough of that rehabilitation, that gradual toe stepping back into community and affian them into uh, back into our community again so that's something that um it's getting there but it'd be nice if it happened a little bit more rapidly and um and yeah i'd love the i'd love this um what i'd love more people to come become involved in this drama because it is such a a good tool for them um and for the audience members so yeah Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have Bob Dylan knocking on heaven's door. Why this? Okay, so I was telling you about my mum. So my mum was a, a real Dylan fan and um, we used to always have music in the house and a lot of the time it was Dylan. Sadly, um, I lost my mum when I was 18, a real um, integral time of my life. Um, yeah, I did push the self-destruct button in a number of ways. However, um, because of Bob Dylan, I had that, that song playing at mum's funeral um that's one of one of her faves so and i thought it was quite poignant for for um for her funeral and it's also one of the songs i've been trying to learn to play the guitar for about 30 years now could just about string a couple of chords and that's the only song 
that I can play all the way through without like about a 30 second break in between each call. <laughs> um, so yeah, a number of reasons, but yeah, it's real close uh, to my heart. That one, um, my mum was, it was just me and my mum. I'm an only child. And um, so the, it was a huge impact on me, her passing away when I did, when, when she did. And obviously I had no dad as well. So it was, um, yeah, a huge, yeah, it really impacted my life. Um, and yeah grown so much from it from that time The theme of this show is positive but not deluded. That seems to be something that you would might use to describe the work that you're doing. That it is about that finding that positive, but also recognizing the challenges and addressing in some way those challenges. Absolutely. So um, the it is totally it's a re- realistic. So the the support and, and the ideas for change are totally realistic you know they're, they're, they're it's not delusional it's totally um available to people to make the changes and to see that they can make those changes that they want to um or might not even think that they want to but something's thrown at them and um and it's given them a different um life avenue um so and then that that's 
making a positive life for them and for their family, for um, the community, society, the whole bloody world. Um, um, so, yeah. So, um, and, and it's about, I mean, for me, you've got one bloody chance at this thing called life. Don't you want to grab it by its what's it, swing it around and have the most positive time that you can. And if you've got some positivity within you, don't get me wrong, we still get crap coming from all different directions. But if you've got this positivity within you and you've got this resilience, you become like a bit of a suit of armour and it can sort of ping off you. And um, you might still have your downtimes, but you know that you can get back on that roller and keep going. Um, yeah, I'm a real advocate for positivity and seeing the positive in the most negative situations. Um, I think that's just my from from my own experience and knowing how um, how crap things did get for me emotionally and how. I sort of have come through the other end, and um, yeah, like I've, I'm real. I real love life, and I really want to. I suppose my thing is I want to support everybody else to love life as well, and you know, give it a go and jump on the walker and um, have a bloody good time as much as possible. Hey, my weather. Do you think that the pandemic has made it? easier or harder to see that positive light oh well the i think it's harder i think it's it's made harder for a lot of people but then again it depends on the mindset um there's always if you always can always take a positive from something then you you can take the positive from the pandemic um, but I, I can see why people would um, see it not so positively, um, not be able to see the positives through this pandemic. You know, it, when people are so far away from family that they want to get get back to or they've lost their job through the pandemic. Um, however, I've got loads of jobs in Clutha. So there's always just come down to Clutha if you need a job and I'll look after you anyway. I was thinking that oh, one, you the, the pandemic has shown that we can do stuff if we want to. If we put our minds to it, yeah. we can we can shut down a country overnight if we want to. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we've had this focus on well-being. We've had this focus on kindness. If we can keep the conversation in that kind of space, that must make it easier to see positive futures. I think so. Everyone can... Um, yeah, people being thinking about each other and thinking about how I can contribute to um, my community, how I can be kind to someone else. And, and hopefully that continues um, post-pandemic. Are we ever going to have a post-pandemic? Who bloody knows? Um, but, hope, yeah, I'm hoping that people do. So, and and as, you, as you say, it's about um, looking at things differently, doing things differently. Um you know, like the, the course I was running, that I was telling you about in that first pandemic, it was face to face, you know, and I got a bit scared doing it online because that was not something I'm used to. I'm used to face to face. You can't run this program unless you're face to face. But it's been open to that 
change and being able to do things differently and adapting to the new um the new way of doing things i mean masks aren't the best but if it stops us getting um covid then why not um and vaccine get yourself vaccinated definitely keeps covid away well won't keep it away but get through it a bit better Ruth, I'm I not a doctor what am i on about i don't know you will just put just little, we'll just put one of, one of those little labels no, you can seek COVID advice from other places. Just we'll put that little label just there. <laughs> Ruth, I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we shall have to be quick. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, I suppose. Right, okay, so this has always been my dream to have um, a theatre company that employs offenders, ex-offenders, those serving community sentences to take foreign theatre to the masses. That has been my dream and I've been banging on about it for years. And it finally happened. We had our first performance in July. Um, so that has been a huge success and that is not on my own. That is because people behind me went, you keep bloody talking about it, girlfriend. Well, let's bloody do it. So I've had um, a real lot of support, um, namely um, Kim, Kim Schiller, who's sort of the producer of Happy You, and um, she was the one that really went, come on, girlfriend, let's do it. And um, a dreams can just stay a dream unless someone, or unless you actually put it into action. So it's now in action, it's now happening. And that is a huge, the, the piece that we did in July, I'm super proud of what the guys there done. They just knocked it out of the park. Every performance um, were, every show was different with what the audience members came up and suggested. And they just were, they were just imaginative, um, connected, um, stayed within their character. And you know, that's a huge success for me. I'm just so super proud. And the fact that they want to continue that makes me, that means it was a success to me. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's the superpower? <laughs> that, what's the superpower that got you into the mansion? Oh, my, my positivity, the ability to make, see anything, um, see positivity in anything that's thrown at me, good or bad. That's my superpower. As Do well as being able to get through the menopause. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yes. Why is that? Because it's about making, activism is about making changes. And that's what I feel the Happy You Theatre Company um, is about, is about supporting people to make positive change. Um, for the better, so um, for individuals and for their community and for society as a whole. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Life. Is that really boring? But life, it does. It really does. I bloody love it. Um, so, yes, every morning is, um, you know, I'm, I'm 51 now. My mum died at 45. So for me every day is that I get, you know, that I'm past my mum's uh, a year of death. It's just like, it's, it, I feel really privileged and honoured. Um, you know, we only get one chance at this thing. So, yeah, 
it is life. I know that's really cliche, so sorry. What is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or two? Um, so the challenge and an opportunity is that we're looking to um, have a Happy Youth Theatre Company board, so have it as a charitable trust. So that is a challenge in itself as well as an opportunity. So um, got the people um, on board, hopefully, to be on the board. Um, so it's about, so it's going to ha hopefully happen early next year. And then it's just um, just taking it as it comes and sort of promoting it. And, and, and I think the promotion will be from the good work that's done. And don't necessarily want to be going down the high street, Dunedin High Street or Milton High Street with a sandwich board, but people actually coming along and seeing our performances will be the promotion that we need. Don't necessarily need the, the TV in, don't necessarily need the papers in, although that's nice, but it is um, word of mouth from seeing what we do and people wanting to get on that bandwagon with us, that walker with us. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> Thank you for that very important advice. I've also got a wee joke. Yeah. You want a wee joke? Yeah, we want what's a wee joke. What's the difference? Okay, what's the difference between a set of bagpipes and an onion? No what one is... cries when you cut up a set of bagpipes. <laughs> 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 Thank you for that. Mawira. Ruth, um, I know someone whose life you have transformed through your program and um, it's been amazing watching watching how it impacted on their life and I can only imagine what it's done for others. You are so special and so beautiful and thank you very much for everything that you do to enable people to make these incredibly positive changes in their lives kia ora. thanks for joining us kia ora, thank you you've just made me bloody cry thank you, thank you. thanks for having me naughty boys in nasty schools and masters breaking all the rules having fun and playing fools smashing up the woodwork tools all the teachers in the pub passing man a ready rub trying not to think of when the lunchtime bell will ring again oh what fun we had but did it really turn out bad all I learned at school was how to bend not break the rules oh what fun we had but at the time it seems so bad trying different ways to make a difference too the headmaster's had enough today Oh, well, we had... You 
and listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. The broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie, and this is Madness. I'm Sam Lansworth, Baden, with Luera Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined by Luther Carraway in Milton. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.